Welcome to the But Here We Go podcast, coming at you from the But Here We Go studios. I feel like you sound like a sports announcer. Well, I... I'm not mad at it. I don't know how else how else do you say hello on the beginning of a podcast? Um, who knows? I think it's really up for interpretation. So yeah. we can just go with it. Yeah. I think it I'll I'll try I'll try out some new things. Every time say it in like a different theme. Yeah, I will. I'll Although do that. I do have music that is uh that like da na 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 like sports announcing kind of music. <laughs> yeah, but that's more you don't want That's me to put more that as work a, for you. It could be fun. We could just do a a podcast where it's just me saying "Welcome to the Batir We Go" podcast. Oh my podcast. god, that sounds like someone's special level of hell or something. Yeah, it would be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> Terrible. But after like the, f- I think after say ten times, it would be funny. Somebody'd be enjoying it. Like, oh, what's going to come next? And then. After you've gotten to like five minutes, that's when it would really start to be like, wait, is this really all it is this episode? Is it just Joe saying, welcome to the Here We Go podcast? <laughs> how, so you want to see like basically like how long the average person would listen to it before they realized that it was just you yep. saying it over and over again. Yep. It would, that would be a f- not super fun experiment, but I support no. you if that's something you'd like to do. I'm not that interested in doing it. <laughs> I'm more interested in the process of collecting that data. I'm sure you are. I'm not surprised. It by makes that at me all. think about the. I don't know. If, I'm sure they have this for podcasts, but it makes me think of like when you're reading an article or when you're watching a video. It says like a new unique viewer is oh, right. anybody who's watched at least thirty seconds of your YouTube video, and a full watch is like over 70% or something like that. I'm curious just You want to see how many people are so dedicated to this Rinky Dink podcast that they would listen to 70% of an entire episode of you just saying welcome to Batiri Go podcast for an hour. Maybe. <laughs> well, I'm not That's like very uh, I, sadistic. I actually I do need to look this up because so full disclosure I am subscribed to the But Here We Go podcast. Well, I am too. That's why we have more than three. <laughs> That's why we have five subscribers. We've <laughs> got our three, our three real subscribers, <laughs> right. and then us. <laughs> but because I'm here doing this real time, I like, I don't fully listen to the podcast. Okay, so do you? Do you? I I I listen to all the po- of our podcast on I, double speed. I listen to certain parts. But most of the time I fast forward 30 seconds at a time and then I'm like, like, oh, that was fun. (laughs) That was a fun section. I'm going to listen to that part and then I'll listen for a few minutes and then I'll fast forward again. So if there's a podcast that I, that I am like mine, my energy, energy transition solutions. If there's any crossover fans, welcome. (laughs) I... And if you're not a crossover fan yet, that means that you're not listening to Energy Transition Solutions. So go have a listen. But I fast forward through that one to make sure... That you don't say anything crazy? No, no, no. I fast forward through it to make sure that it has a full, unique listen. Oh. (laughs) But... (laughs) For yourself? For myself, yeah. I need those metrics. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Wait, do you want me to do that too? 
Yes, that's why I've been asking you <laughs> weekly, have you listened to the podcast? I, I listened to one episode for about 30 seconds, but then Jake was in the car with me mm, and he was obviously mm. bored. Which, I mean, it's a podcast, Ouch. so he's three. It's not, I mean, that's not a tall <laughs> got, order to bore a three-year-old He got bored by listening to his dad talk. Well, I think he was just confused. <laughs> he's like, dad's not here, and I'm just listening to him talk about something <laughs> I do not understand. All that to say, my big question is, is it more about the hold download? On, on. Connor in the back house is, was staring at us through his blinds, and I realized that he's looking at us through these windows. <laughs> we have these headphones and microphones. What he is? He's gone now, but that Wait, made me feel very. <laughs> do we need? We need to invite we him could, on the podcast. <laughs> we could charge tickets and have people stare at us through the window <laughs> while, we, <laughs> while we while we record. Oh my gosh, that was awkward. I maybe he didn't. Maybe he's a gentleman and doesn't just stare maybe, out into our windows. Maybe he was looking for the kitties. I don't know, but anyway. Anyway, I, anyway, can we jump into our first shop, topic since we've? No, oh, you still, have more to say yeah, about podcast. I still have more to say okay, about I'm it. So sorry. Please continue. I, as a as a side note for everybody else we've turned up the volume a little bit and i haven't been paying attention to the lines but i just saw it red line so i'm just curious to see what happens with this one because we've tried to turn it up we've been having some audio issues we haven't been able to hear ourselves and i'm just curious if you'll end up seeing a difference really you from the from the editing perspective Allie from the editing studio i'll keep you updated thank you so that wasn't what I was going to oh. say, though. I've got, <laughs> got one more thing. So I'm curious with podcasts. And if any of those listeners out there know, let us know. Because I'm curious, but I'm not curious enough to look it up. Does it matter for the downloads? Is that the metric that people look at? Or is it Who's actually... people? When I listen to a podcast, it's not because it has a bunch of downloads. The people that I'm referring to are the sponsors. Okay, well, none of the people listening to this are sponsors. Doesn't, doesn't matter for us. Not yet, but we're going to get sponsored one day. I'm going to manifest it. Why can't Energy Transition Solutions sponsor the Batiri Go podcast? Because Energy Transition Solutions is under the Oil & Gas Global Network, and it itself is sponsored by AWS Energy. So... All that to say, I don't have a budget with... <laughs> what about Joko Geosciences? Joko Geosciences. You can buy me a boba tea and then you're a sponsor. And then we'll do a whole <laughs> advertisement for this your, so your LLC that doesn't do anything. Joko Geosciences is no longer a company <laughs> so because, I, because I you have a job, a job with PetroLearn. <laughs> if anybody's in okay, the oil and gas... none of this is interesting to me. Let's yeah, nobody on. cares about Let's this stuff. So. Guys... <laughs> La Brea. We're back to it. What a fan favorite. Did you think that when we first started talking about La Brea that it would be as popular amongst our viewers as I hear you open your <laughs> This was... is what happens when you turn up the volume. Have you ever... you can hear everything. <laughs> this podcast is all over the place. But side note, I'll come back to La Brea. Have you ever seen like those clips showing how people do sound effects for like movies? Yes. Okay, you just you just reminded me of uh, of that. What was the sound effect I was making? Opening a styrofoam cup. Yeah, but oh what, no, I should have had people guess because it? it was like those old radio game shows, right? Where 
But the question the secret is, sound. Oh, yeah. Let's make another one. Oh, my gosh. No. Can we move back to La Brea? Okay. We've wasted too much <laughs> We're time We're moving already. back to the La Brea. <laughs> okay. So, NBC um, released the first five minutes of La Brea. If you are just now tuning in to our little podcast, La Brea is this sh- show that is premiering, oh, my gosh, next week. Gosh, it came up so fast. And it is about, like, a giant sinkhole that forms at the La Brea Tar Pits in L.A. And then, like, insanity ensues or whatever. And anyway, it looks terrible. At least it looked terrible from the trailer. Um, to You and I discussed on a pre- previous podcast. Anywho, last night you and I sat down and we watched the first five minutes of La Brea. And let me tell you, here are my first thought is... It's going to be um, as bad as I thought it was. <laughs> um, was that? Did you kind of have the same? Did you feel the same way? I, my feeling was a B-rate movie, stretched out actor <laughs> actor actor um, quality was B-rate movie. Mm. CGI was C to D rate. Dang, that's perhaps something that perhaps something that we could do. (laughs) Was it that bad? Uh, Mine would be like paint squiggles. I don't know. I don't know. We take one one YouTube tutorial. We could probably (laughs) figure it out. And I mean, I gotta say, you're you're a pretty good my uh, audio. Oh, my audio. Well. I'm, I was going <laughs> to say... Let's remake our own version of the first five I minutes was, of La Brea. I was saying that you you have done a great job just picking up this whole audio engineering oh, thing. I'm kind I of even, tech savvy. I even said you need to put it on your LinkedIn. No, that because, would be a terrible idea. Because you're an audio engineer. <laughs> anywho, anywho. Anyway. Okay. So the last bit that I was going to say mm-hmm. is that it very, very much felt like a pilot. Right, they are right. they're clearly Go, they're going they're like going above and beyond right. trying to get people interested right because like literally the sinkhole occurs in the first five minutes of this sh- episode of the first episode the sinkhole occurs in I the mean, first three minutes it starts <laughs> like it well, just goes we, straight into this we thing. got the first five minutes and it is literally just the sinkhole. the sinkhole. Right. I will say these are the the and anyone who's listening, just it's only five minutes. Just go watch it, and then you'll know what the heck we're talking about. But first things first, the actress playing the mom is cannot possibly be old enough to be the mother of the two actors who are playing her son and her daughter. It's like they looked like they were at least in their mid to upper twenties, but they're playing. I I feel like they're playing high schoolers. Because they were talking about her driving them to school. But there's no way. No way these people are high schoolers. And the lady playing the mom looks freaking amazing. And looks extremely young. To where that was just very strange for me. So I've got a theory. I've got a theory. One. It's LA. She was probably. Plastic surgery. Well plastic surgery. But she was probably a high school pregnancy. Okay. <laughs> So does, she does tried. LA have that so she tried to marry her high school sweetheart. Spoiler oh. alert: they're divorced. Right. We are already so introduced to like some marital problems. They tried to make it work out, even though it was just young love, very very hot and heavy. It was never going to happen. Kind of like your first kiss story last. But week? somehow <laughs> they ended up with two kids, two kids that are only fifteen years younger than them. Right. 
So that's theory number we'll one. We'll see if it pans out. Theory number two. Earlier today, you were telling me how bad you are at ages? guessing people's ages. So I could look up these actors' age. Do you want me to look up these? The ages? the mother is probably forty six. That's my that. guess. I'm the the up. children they're supposed to be in high school. I'm going to agree they are early to mid twenties. So here's my here's and this may be me going off on a side tangent. I it's very common for TV shows and movies to cast adults in teenager roles. I I think the main deal is one like uh, obviously young adults um, are more mature, so they can handle everything. But then also, I'm pretty sure if you're under 18, you fall under like child labor laws still. Like there, like I don't think you can work or you have to do school. I think it's just more complicated. So it, it's not surprising to me that. Um, that these actors should be older age. What is bothersome to me is that uh, there's a movie coming out called Dear Evan Hansen. It is based on the Tony Award winning uh, Broadway musical of the same name that starred Ben Platt. And the movie is coming out, I think, next month in theaters. And it has been not only have the critics completely like trashed this movie, but the like teenagers and young people are trashing this movie because Ben Platt, who originated the role on Broadway, is also playing the same character in the movie, but he play he's playing like a 16-year-old. And Ben Platt is in his early 30s. And he's he was, old. Right. And it, it like it was you were able to like when the his the musical first came out, this was at least five five plus years ago. And on stage you can you can play young a lot easier than on film and so everyone is up in like basically saying the whole movie's trash because he doesn't look young but then i'm like but then you're literally using these 30 year old act like even one of the most famous ones is in glee the actor who played finn um who tragically actually passed away um he was like in his mid-30s as well playing a high school so this is like this is like normal stuff i just think if you're gonna do that at least have the actors playing make the a parents. joke about it well, at least make the parents look realistic because like oh my gosh it was just not believable to i think me it's at great all. when you've got a 30 year old playing a high schooler and a 20 year old playing the parents okay mom was born 1975 okay Do the what? math it's 25 plus 21 oh it's 46 okay so she's 46 i was i said 46 earlier i can't the children, okay. mid to late twenties. No, early to mid twenties. That's what I said. No, no, no. Database is not helping me out with the ages here. Let me. Da, 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 da. We're doing that. Okay. Well. Okay. I'm gonna have to look. Stay tuned for next episode because stay the tuned database for is not making next episode. Uh, Internet Movie Database. If you're listening, <laughs> you need to get better. Okay. So the second thing that stood out for me, and I'm curious to know, the actress playing the daughter has a um, prosthetic leg and I was one I always love good like varied representation on film and on tv but I was curious to know if that actress actually has a prosthetic leg in real life and they wrote and like changed the role accordingly to fit that disability or if it is a fake prosthetic leg and it was written into like, it was originally written to the character. I'm interested to find that out. Because that would be very interesting to me to be like, if it's not, if she's not actually 
disabled why yeah what's up <laughs> what, with that what's the point of doing this unless they were just trying to write in a in, like some a, diversity some diversity or something you know different. what would probably answer that question google internet movie database <laughs> if they were doing better okay i think they're just really fresh actors because both both on internet movie they don't da- even have a page they do but it has like very little information which fun fact my little brother is actually on internet movie database and his page looks very similar <laughs> With what no you could do is you could Google her. I know, but that would just take far Internet too long. Movie database. It would just take far too long. Do so, you say data or data? I think we've talked about this before. I say not say, on the podcast though. Internet movie database. I say database. Is it? But you say data. I say or there's data. A diff- but I feel like you were telling me that there's a difference between data and data. Um, probably not. There's data and there's datum. Datum is plural? No, data oh. is plural. Oh, wait, stop. Okay, so data is plural. Okay, can you give can you use datum in a sentence form? <laughs> that is the <laughs> incorrect never... datum. Fascinating. Datum is I don't, then everyone's saying that no one is correctly using that word then. Datum? Yeah, because I've never heard anyone it... use that in life. Oh well then But I also didn't do sciences. But that's fine then, because <laughs> nobody's using it. The datum is when I th- when I think of datum, I think of like the 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 reference the reference datum or like what you're referring to, what reference data set you're referring to for location. So when I think of datum, I think of like the World Geodetic System, 1984, WGS 84. It was so boring that I... <laughs> and, or NAD 27, which is... <laughs> Means nothing to Which me. is the North American datum of 1927. So I typically think of like, okay, what datum are you using? I, my mind immediately <laughs> goes to... And, and here's I where it's important. I love this is just something you, you just naturally think about. Here's where it's important. It is for whenever you've got any type of locations on a map. Okay. That latitude and longitude. Okay. Or if it's like, or it could be like 35,560 X, 22,492 Y. Those are completely different numbers, which is, but those numbers are referring to a specific point. Right. And that point moves, literally, it moves because the earth is not always in the same exact location and because from 1927 until 1984 we have had we have been able to increase our accuracy of measurements <laughs> so when you say datum You're just so smart when somebody talks about datum and it's like oh is that an ad 27 point who you is to- saying that <laughs> Scientists, okay. scientists who put things on maps. <laughs> the amount of times that I will ever be in a situation where another human being tells me that, I it would be, I would, I think I'd have a better chance of winning the lottery. But Maybe. you, I guess, do it all the time. <laughs> so Maria and I used to talk about datums all the time, and it's not because it's like fun to talk about. It's because when you're pulling data from from and you're talking publications, about specific points. Yeah, when you're pulling specific points from publications that are in the 60s and 70s, you need to know what datum that is so that way you can 
combine those data points with newly collected data that is probably going to be WGS 84. <laughs> and then you have to correct the actual locations so that they are all in the same reference datum. So I'm glad you brought up science. Because actually, this is me trying to get you to stop talking we're, about data. We're going to switch topics here. No, it's to actually somewhat science. related. It's somewhat, it's somewhat relate, related, actually, very much related. Okay, so today was my first. Are we done with? We are 100% done with data. Oh, did are you have talking? anything else that you want to talk about, well, La Brea? Science. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So, scientifically, La Brea sinking. What is going on there? I will say I appreciated, I'm really curious. I appreciated that it starts like of the bubbling of the La Brea Ooh, yeah. And it just means I, I honestly, it will make this entire show worth it if there is at least one La Brea Tarpet Museum employee that's like one of the main people. <laughs> yes. Like a ticket stub taker or like an intern or something. It I, would make my life. I want it to be like the resident paleontologist. <laughs> Okay, who, that's a little more but, of a character. But. but it only makes sense because if you're going to be dealing with saber-toothed cats right. and ground sloths right. and short-nosed bears, right. you need to have somebody who knows about them. That's a good point. Otherwise, it's going to be a bunch of people running around and it's like, what happened to that bear? Why does his face look like he got punched? Right, we need some... We need some. We need a scientist. Right, we need some experts so in I'm there. A, I'm cautiously optimistic right. because there is still no no hard evidence that a short-nosed bear is going to make an appearance <laughs> i will say this and I again, think it's a short-faced bear i apologize in advance if if you are listening and like you could care less about liberia because we've talked for 20 minutes about it we but are having a liberia watching we're party. having a liberia watch Texas, party if you're interested send us a message right. we know everybody who listens right. so um you've got our phone numbers the so the mom so we leave the five minutes with the mom and the son they have fallen into the pit it has not been revealed to us what what has happened to them yet but the daughter with the prosthetic leg has not fallen into the pit and it is our assumption based on the conversation that she's going to go find her her father who is they're currently separated mm -hmm. and they're going to try to save him which again is an interesting thought like i think it would have been more interesting to see the girl with the prosthetic leg running away from a ground sloth as opposed to being in la just you know hanging out with her dad maybe maybe <laughs> well it remains that... to be seen we're going to have to see how this plays how out. I will say another thing, as much as we talk about science on this podcast, I don't really know references in California in terms of distance. California is just a weird state to me. Okay. Because they mentioned the dad in San Bernardino. Oh, right. Like, I don't know where that is. At the LA Tarpets. I'm like... Is that five hours away? Is that 20 minutes right. away? We could look at a map. For the longest time, I was like, okay, I'm going to, I would, we had conferences in San Francisco. Right. Fairly frequently. And I think I had friends in, I had, I probably still have friends in LA. I don't think I have <laughs> I friends. Probably in, still have I, I don't think I've got friends in San Diego, but. I have friends in San Diego. Yeah, you've got friends in San Diego. And I was like, oh, yeah, 
San Francisco to right. San Diego, no, that, no big deal. Let's right. do it. It's a long drive. I'll go say hi to people because, you know, California. Right. And then I'm like, oh, wait, what? That's a seven-hour drive? Right. So to me, California is just a weird state. It's just, it's long. Yeah, but even it's like honestly, going across, like, I'm I feel I'm the confused. same way about Illinois, so. Yeah, Illinois is a weird state. Right. Can we move on? Yeah, we can move on. Okay, great. So today was my first day at BSF, which is... What's BSF stand for? Uh, Bible Study Fellowship. It was widely recommended to me from people to do it. And they have a really good children's program. So we're doing this. We're studying Matthew. It, that is not pertinent to my question for you. But um, we met with like our little small group. And then we went to like the main sanctuary to have... Uh, lesson taught to us, which is essentially was just like an intro to BSF and intro to the book of Matthew. But what was really interesting to me was, um, and I, I'm trying to see where my train of thought goes. They, they, the woman's preaching was, um, talking specifically about the inherency of scripture and how we can know it to be true. Um, and how everything in the Bible is, is true and like no matter what science says no matter what culture says no matter what um like archaeologists say like we can trust in the lord and to trust that um because it is inspired by the by the lord then it can be trusted and it is absolutely true so first things first um i don't necessarily believe that (laughs) And I know, and let me qualify that statement. What freaks me out, which hear me say this, I grew up in very conservative churches. And so this is not something that is new to me. And of course, I believe in the validity of scripture. And I do believe in the inherency of scripture. But it freaks me out when people are like, everything in the Bible is absolutely true. Because I think everything is absolutely true within context, right? And so like, Anywho, so I always take, whenever anyone says that, I take it with a grain of salt. But what I thought was really interesting is she specifically used Dr. Collins as an example. And for those listening, Dr. Collins. um, Dr. Francis Collins. Dr. Francis Collins. He um, was the head of the Human Genome Project. He is currently the head of the National Institute of Health and is like helping uh, with America's COVID stuff and and create and he's like ahead of like the vaccine distribution and everything. He also gave the commencement address at your graduation at SMU when you graduated with your PhD. That is correct. And so we got to hear him speak. And he's also a professed believer. And so, what, what's the uh, organization that he leads? Like, so yeah, Christos he, or? no, no, no. It's called. He runs an organization called BioLogos, which is a yes, Christian organization, <laughs> <laughs> which is an organization specifically for people within the sciences who are believers to um, kind of, I guess, com- commune together and fellowship together, but also to produce resources for other people to show that science and religion and science and faith do not. One, they like they go together and that you don't have to deny science to be a Christian. And so, and this is all over the place because it's hard to get my thoughts because uh, I've been thinking about this all day to talk to you about it. Because um, I grew up um, 
in a church tradition that taught that the earth was only 6,000 years old and was very much comfortable with that um, up until meeting you and, and by, and by, that's me, that's you, Joe. And by comfortable with that, I thought that if I met anyone who thought differently than that and thought that the earth was in fact billions of years old, that not only were, there was no way that they could be a Bible believing Christian, that they were like, yeah, like they were hellbound or something. I don't know. Evil pagans. Right. I don't really know why that I think, honestly, I think that was just kind of taught within the, the churches that I grew up going to. And so I remember very, one, I remember very specifically um, talking with friends in my, my freshman year of college, and they found out that uh, my sister and I were young earth creationists, Ooh. and they are, they were not believers at all. But and they were just floored. They like had never met anyone who... They couldn't believe it. Right, which was interesting for me, because growing up in a very, uh, well, in the Bible Belt and in Texas... I thought that like that was a very normal because I feel like if you grow up within conservative evangelicalism, like young earth is kind of the majority view. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's true. Right. And so um, so I was like, whatever, like I'm going to stand my ground. Yeah. Yeah. Which hear me say like that's anyway, I'll get to that. When I met you, I remember. Yeah, me. You. <laughs> I remember that was a really big spiritual battle for me. Because you, obviously, as a geologist, um, believe that the Earth is billions of years old. Yep, and it's science. Right. <laughs> and that, I don't think, I don't honestly don't even know how long we were dating before we even got to that topic. But I remember it really freaked me out because my first, and, and truthfully, cause I don't talk about this often because I feel like it is such a divisive issue or like, worrisome issue for a lot of conservative evangelicals but it very much like i would say rocked my faith it just made me very concerned uh, one for you but then concerned because after talking like having you explain everything to me and talking i was like oh my gosh like not only does joe have valid points and obviously like the degree to back it up but he still has such a beautiful and like well-founded faith and trust in the Lord with this. But then with me hearing that, Hey, it's the, the, the data that we have shows that like there's far more evidence for a billions year old universe than not. Um, that made me feel less secure, but it made you. So anyway, Long story short, I um, I now believe in a billion years Earth. I'm very comfortable with that belief. It doesn't freak me out anymore. But I, I need to add something. Oh yes, it's not just billion year <laughs> Earth. It's, it's like four point six. Right. It's like four point six four billion right. years. Uh. So anyway, so uh, so sitting there, I just was listening to that, and again, I'm I am kind of where I ended. Or I guess where I have landed as of now is that like we we are we believe and we'll be teaching Jake that the Earth is four point six, you know, plus old. or minus billion old. years old. But if someone chooses based on the research they've done that the Earth, like I could care less. Like I don't think that determines whether or not you're a Christian, right? Like that is not a heaven or hell issue, as they say. That is like I I'm more happy about 
people being more open to like, hey, like no matter what, like that's a minor issue to me. But I thought it was really interesting that the woman talking today used Francis Collins, who is a, again, Christian, Human Genome Project. He is a Christian who believes in a 4.6 billion year old earth. I, his book, The Language of God, um, I've read it. It's fantastic. He very much believes in macro and micro evolution and talks about it throughout the book. That's essentially what the book is about. But it was interesting to me that she used him as an example because she used him as an example of a man who found Christ through science, which is true. That's a huge part of his testimony. But in support of her saying that the Bible is absolutely true. And it confused me because that's not the whole story of of that at all. Because he would say that, hey, the like... Bible? Well, Francis Collins would say that the Bible is absolutely true in context. But he would say that Genesis is not, should not be taken literally, is what I'm saying. And so I thought it was interesting that she... That she use that example and I say this really really long story because <laughs> I am really interested because I I feel like I haven't heard it in a long time but I want to hear how you as Joe Batier uh, how you wrestle with that because you kind of found Christ in the midst of your science journey right and so how like this is kind of basic this is a very long story to ask you for your testimony in light of your background in science, but that's essentially what I'm asking you. Yeah, that's a it's a long. <laughs> I told like I was like could not get it in my question. head. I'm so sorry. The I think what you're saying there is is very important. The idea of the Bible in context, right? Because that is ultimately what what is the that is what matters is actually reading it in what it was supposed to be read in. And I think that that is, that is something that we try to do differently when... And by we, you mean you and me? No. Something that all of us, as, oh, a, as a person, what our natural inclination, because we're all sinners, is, and yes, I am saying this is a sin, you are taking what you are i guess getting and using it for your narrative right so you're reading it through your own perspective yeah taking information and trying to make it make information support whatever you want it to support that's bad science and it's also sinful action dang hot take from job tier <laughs> just dang but it and I think that that is so when you're when you're talking about a six thousand year old Earth, mm-hmm. there are there are, I guess, legitimate ways to come about that where you are trying to read the Bible and every single verse literally, which is which is an it is a It's a fundamental way to view the Bible. Yeah. Very very fundamental, but I think it's it can be an honest exercise in what you're trying to do and honestly answer the question how right. old is the earth? Right. But in that we can go and look at the parables that Jesus read or not read, but the parables that Jesus told 
and we know that not all of those are are to be real life right. stories. Right. And in that sense, is it possible that there were stories that were told that that were meant to give us information, but not to be a scientific textbook? Hmm. My from that, my argument would be yes. There are stories in the Bible that are there to teach, but not teach science. And I think there's biblical scholars who also hold to that. Right. Well, Tim Keller is one of them. He, and I'll add it in the show notes, he did an entire like multi articled uh, write up on Genesis. Yep. That was really interesting because mm-hmm. he also um, is an is an old earth yep. creationist, which was very, I was very surprised to learn that. Yep. Yeah. And there's a, a book that I read and this was kind of in the midst of, of really finding my faith that I read this book pretty soon after called the science of God. I think that's so the not name the of language it. of God. So not Francis Collins book, no. but the science, the of science God. of God. Okay. You'll have to look that one up. Okay. Deal. And, Add it to the show notes. Add it to the show notes. It, that was a very interesting book because it was, the author was both a Old Testament biblical scholar, but also a theoretical physicist. And I think that was the, that, that book, there's a lot of interesting stuff in it. Some of it I think is a little, a little questionable. I'll let like pseudoscience questionable, or just um, like a more opinion well, than data. It or conjecture, conjecture. I don't. I'm just throwing words out. I think it would be. I can't think of the word, the word either. But basically, untestable hypotheses. Okay. And that's not really. It's not really anything. It's just. It's just thinking out loud really more like daydreaming out loud because you can't test it. So it doesn't actually, it doesn't contribute to anything. It's really just like a big brainstorming session of like, what would be the coolest vacation ever? Except in this case, it would be like, it was, how do you go about making eyes in all of these different animals? If there's no such thing as macroevolution, like it's something like that, that it's not really testable. It's just like, a thought process. A yeah. So there's a lot of that in the book. Okay. But the part that I thought was most interesting and the part that he actually could speak to was how do you get a 4.6 billion year old earth and take something like the story of creation and the genealogies within Genesis and Exodus and, and really... The, throughout the Old Testament. Throughout the Old Testament and throughout life to get how do you how do you mesh those two? And the key the key he brought up, which again, now I talk to three theoretical physicists, they'll throw all this out the window, maybe. I don't know. But the key was the theory of relativity. So the first five days of creation are in God's perspective and to think about this in mere mortal terms, putting you're, you're it to very close to the mic. <laughs> I 
I'm I hearing know. you breathing <laughs> in my ear. I know. Continue. I have to be close. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll see in editing. We'll see in editing. We'll see. <laughs> so the, and I'm also, I'm, I'm thirsty. I'm oh, trying I see, to I talk. See, I see, I see. Okay. Finishing the story. Okay. The first five days are from God's perspective. For us, what could that possibly look like? The closest that would it that would make sense is the speed of light. If the first five days are at the speed of light, then those first five days end up and I can't remember how he does it. There's a way because of he relativity. Like creates a timeline. Because of relativity and because things start slowing down, I don't know exactly. Those first five days basically take those 4.6 billion years. And then the last little bit, once we shift to today, or really once we shift, once man is made, then it's in our perspective, which is regular time. So there's a... There's a lot of different theories. There's a lot of leeway there because we're, I guess the error bars are on the order of 500 million years. But when you look at it, you're like, okay, the earth is somewhere between three and five billion years old. If we use relativity across this time frame, which is kind of when God created everything, and then he created us. So it kind of makes sense. Right. And then when you look at it from from the perspective of the geologic record in terms of things like when animals came about, when aquatic life when aquatic life came about, when plants came about, it it kind of makes sense following the 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 creation story on when those things occurred like when Moses actually describes first there was light and day then there were oceans then there was life then there was this then right. there was that so tim keller talks a lot about or well he talks a lot about how the thing that we we can definitely see in genesis is that God shows that there was order and design and a process mm-hmm. to creation. Yep. And so we can like, we can go back and forth and we honestly, none of us were ever there. So, right. This nope. is all of us just trying to make our best uh, like guesses. Yep. But we do, we, we do know that it tells us that God is a God of order and a God of processes and who created everything in a specific way for specific purposes and i think this is a this is a very important point when i look at it from a scientific perspective like is there is there a god is there the possibility of a higher being that has ordered everything and put it all together so not even not even getting to the point of Christianity, like we don't have to get to that point. I think you first have to decide, is there a God? And then from there, like, okay, which of like, who's right. Right. We obviously believe it's Jesus, 
but other people may not agree with us. I think you first have to decide, is there, is there a God? Is there a higher being? And what I use to, to get to that point, or maybe what I used to get to that point are the Fibiachi sequences. So when you look at something like a shell, Mm -hmm. it is very ordered, especially the, the twirly shells. Mm Mm-hmm. They're, pie, right? The Fibonacci is essentially pie. Yeah. So you have these these very ordered ratios. And patterns it's that show up throughout. The golden creation. ratio. And you see those ratios throughout, throughout basically all of nature. And to me, that is saying, yes, there is somebody who created all of this. It was not pure chance. The other aspect is in thermodynamics, the second law of thermodynamics is entropy. What that says is that everything is constantly trying to get to more and more disorder, which means you have everything created. Mm -hmm. And from that creation point, it is slowly trying to become more and more disordered. Right, chaos. So how would we have gone from the Big Bang, to creating all of the planets, creating Earth, creating all of this life that we have that is getting more and more technologically advanced to ultimately end up in more and more entropy and more and more chaos. It That is a... It's a hard... It's hard to think about because it's like a, if you're trying to base it on science, we're crescendoing into this like peak of order, but that's not what science says. How can we have all of this order if it was, when if there we're supposed to be going designer. towards disorder? Right. So I know some people, some people out there will be like, yeah, but you just you just you just believe right and in this case it's like well you believe in the science we're going towards disorder yeah we've kind of become something but that's not what's happening and it's it's the same i i hate to go there but i've got some friends if you're listening you know who you are <laughs> Some friends oh who now just, ex-friends. Yep. Now we're so good friends. <laughs> who will go to something like conspiracy theories. Right. Something like, I don't know, the assassination assassination hey now, of hey JFK. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> and they will they will say, you know what? You look at all the data and you can go back and forth on all the different thoughts and all the different pieces of evidence, but ultimately, you know, it just, it looks like it was Oswald as a lone gunman. And I just look at them and I'm like, I, I have no idea how you can get to that conclusion. <laughs> there is just simply no way. Right. And, so, then, 
And that is how I feel with people who say, if you look at the science, there's just, it's just obvious. There can't be a creator. Right. It has to be pure chance. And then I'm like, you just don't, you're just, you're just wrong. You just don't get it. Hmm. Um, so as a geologist, right. We're, uh, cause we've talked about this a little before, but you, you grew up in like a church going family, but you really wouldn't consider yourself like a, a having a relationship with Jesus to use Christianese, uh, until college, right? Which you were in the throes of your yes. undergrad. Um, the throes. Was that, was it, was it something that you ever struggled with? reconciling your science background with your faith or was and granted you you went you grew up and went to school in illinois so i don't know if this is like a southern church thing or or if it's not if it's not a southern church thing but in the south specifically speaking as someone in the south um young earth is pretty much the um the majority view so is was that did you kind of yeah let me that at all let me tell you yeah please do so no, we never, never talked about the age of the earth. It was not a, not a topic of discussion. Okay. The, and I think there's a few different, a few different aspects to this. There is, it never got brought up growing up. It was not something. Did you that, grow up just believing that the Earth was billion years old? Uh, I didn't, or just I mean, was not a thought on your in, mind. In school, I learned it. Okay, so it just was not didn't, important. Yeah, didn't think about it. Got it. And then, when I was coming to faith, the the people who who were really instrumental in that, Kenny and Nate, and one of the the. The guys who kind of like led the Bible study that mm. I was in was Bryant. So Bryant and Nate were both rock climbers. Kenny and I also were. But Kenny was also a geologist. Mm-hmm. Like he was he was in my classes with me, most of them. So it was not something that I never like asked him, hey, so... This whole Jesus thing, like, are we supposed to believe the earth is like 10,000 years old or something like that? Like, how, like... So what did you think when you read Genesis then? What did you think of, like, that just, it was? You just read it and just moved on or, or you didn't really, or you... That's, this is fascinating to me and your phone is blowing up. <laughs> oh, man. I, I read it. And I was like, well, there's got to be a way. And I think I may have asked him like once, once being like, hey, so, you know, we're in classes together. The earth is not 10,000 years old. Like, what, what, um, what do you do with this? And there is the, the one passage, I forget what it is, but to, God, yeah, a day is 10,000 right, years. Right, 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 right. 10,000 years is a minute. Right. All that. So it's clear that God doesn't, he lives outside of time. Right. We all know he this. He invented time, so he, he can do that. Yeah. So just from that perspective, it's like, 
it's in the Bible. I believe the Bible is the inerrant word of God. And and it is it is true. I do trust it. But that doesn't mean that I take everything literally. Yeah, that doesn't mean I interpret it correctly. Hmm. And I think hmm. that's gonna be uh that's gonna be one of those things and I've heard it from so many different people, like you're gonna be very surprised right. when you get to heaven. <laughs> when we when we get all the answers, there's gonna be, no one's going to be right. There's going to be a lot of people who you weren't expecting there and a lot of people who aren't there who you were expecting there. Right. And somebody said, just based on statistics, it's probably mostly going to be Asian. Really? Okay, so the yeah, population Yeah, think about people. it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So, well, it does say in Revelations that uh, there'll be people from every country, every culture, every creed. Yeah, every single It'll one. It'll be very diverse up there. It'll be a very diverse right. place. And then there's going to be a lot of people with a lot of bad theology. Right. Yes. That's one of my favorite, like my one of your college favorite things to pastor say. said that PB Blocker, he, PB? Pl- Patrick Blocker, we called him PB. Um, he always said like when, like, what did he say? Do you, wait, you just said it and I totally went blank. When We're going to get up heaven, to heaven and, and every, like, yeah. Every, there's going to be a lot of bad theology. Right. Because we are simply all just trying to figure it out as best we can. And as Christians, we believe that literally there's only one thing that gets you your ticket, right? And that is believing in Jesus. And so that was something that I remember coming back to just when I was wrestling with this old versus new earth thing. Because cause honestly, it really did like shake me. And I think this is why it shook me to to just wrestle with that topic because I grew up in a church tradition that enjoys um, disproving science. Does that make sense? Yes. And so for whatever reason, like if a science article comes out and says like, oh, like this is a new dinosaur that proves evolution. Boom. Like my church tradition will go out of their way. It's fake news. Right. To discredit it or like discredit the scientists. I'll show you a dinosaur. Right. And so, and I don't know where that is, it, that comes from because ultimately. It comes from cancel culture. Right. Uh, well, honestly, it comes from the um, fundamentalist versus modernist disagreement back in the 1920s i learned about it recently if you are very interested google it because we cannot i'm not google right i could never explain it any of it justice we are not sponsored by google (laughs) we just like to use the products um the gosh you're you're making me lose my train of thought uh but because they were always like basically like if science said anything and by science i hate how we talk about how like science is science when something came out that quote unquote disproved the literal translation of scripture um instead of like really looking at it and like and understanding that hey like if we believe jesus is who he said he was which we you and i do and if we truly believe that um and that we believe that we as humans will never understand the greatness and the awesomeness of the Lord, which is if, I mean, if he really is God, like who are we to ever, we mere mortals will never be able to understand God, right? We can barely understand the concept. So 
it is entirely possible. And I think that we, I think it is healthy. And I, and I can say that now to have a healthy skepticism of ourselves and saying like, Hey, like maybe mm. we don't correctly yeah. know how to use like what the purpose of Genesis is in teaching us and what God's purpose was in having Moses write that. I'm pretty sure, not Moses. Yeah. Moses, right. Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible. Yeah, It's Moses. And so that's what I always keep going back to is like the one thing I know to be true is the gospels the, and everything else. And, and hear me say this, we do have a lot of archeological evidence of, of the Israelites and a lot of that of biblical history stuff. But when it comes to Genesis, I believe we we serve a good and loving God. I believe we serve a God who is completely capable of creating the world in, in, in seven literal days. But I also believe in a God that could totally create and develop a system, an ordered system, to evolve the world and the universe in 4.65 million years, right? And so at the end of the day, that doesn't change what I believe but what worries me is that and what I have seen a lot of um, young people do is when they are confronted with this scientific evidence because they are coming from this posture of science if it contradicts the literal translation translation either science is false and cannot be trusted or or they think in their heads scripture is false and cannot be trusted and that's a really sad dichotomy that is presented to them and i and i think i'm very thankful for you and and like people like dr francis collins and biologists just prove that that's not the case like it's a false dichotomy like you can choose science and faith and they are not mutually exclusive and i think that that is something that the church should talk more about and and hear me say this there is freedom in believing in a 6,000 year old earth like that. I mean, if, if you be free, right? Like it, it's really not that big of a deal, but at the same time, like we should not, like I have felt, um, here's, here's one, one thing though. Right. If you believe in a 6,000 year old earth, I think there's a certain level of science that you are not allowed to speak to. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> That's all. This hot takes from Joe. <laughs> I, it it is okay to believe in that, but then when you start to ask questions of like, what about appetite fission track dating? What the heck is that? It's a thing in geology, <laughs> and but other things like biological processes, like the the turning of dead organic matter into oil or gas. Oh. Those are processes that take longer than 6,000 years. And those are the things that that if if you want to if you want to take if you want to point at something like that in terms of like the age of the Bible because of because oh. of specifically the genealogies, then I think it's I think it you is think it's only science. right. I think it's only right to only speak to what the Bible has in it then. Hmm. Like we don't talk about 
significant amounts of chemistry in the Bible. We don't actually look at how you go about doing, I don't know. There's there's a lot of stuff in the Bible that we don't look at scientifically, and that's something that maybe you shouldn't be looking at science. If right. Well, you said it earlier, the Bible is not a science textbook. Yeah. And I think the other thing, just it, I'm kind of going on a rant now. I was about to say, I feel you I'm, getting onto a soapbox. Because I'm, I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting a little bit, a little bit worked up more and more. I think about it, like, and and as as Ali said, be free in thinking the Earth is six thousand years <laughs> be old. Be free, but I'm going to tell you all that's, the things that's wrong. That's with it. fine, right? But there are certain things that we're not going to really be able to explain such as Moses parting the Red Sea. Right. Such as Elijah yesterday, as we were reading, parting that river, mm. as we were reading to Jake. Mm-hmm. Or the chariot of fire that took or him to heaven. Or the chariot of fire that took him to heaven. These are things that we will not understand because they are directly from God. Right. Miracles. God is controlling them which means they're probably outside of our physical realm. Or our they intellectual understanding. Physics. Yeah. Yeah. They, which if we believe in a God who ordered everything, he can do that. Yeah. So the idea of a 4.6 billion year old earth that we think we can see using data and using science, even though that is not in the Bible, I think it in a roundabout way is because God, God, breaks physics to do things for us. Right. And that is, I mean, I, I think that's how I reconcile it. Right. And I think that it is, I think it's harder to be a young earth believer. Creationist. And also simply believe in things like physics. That's really hard to do. Well, I'll tell you right now. Like, it was, again, like, I spent the first 22 years of my life being a young Earth creationist. And it made And what did schooling... you think about physics? <laughs> I loved physics. Physics wasn't where I, I, I had to, like, check my brain at the, or like at the door. Because it was more, physics was, was more about math to me than anything else. But, like, um, I think it was mainly biology class was really confusing and some history like anything about dinosaurs if you start talking about dinosaurs with young earth creationists that gets really complicated um and again i say this as being one or i was one for a long time um i just remember very much um very much aware that the world was against me and being very and this is where like, you get kind of like culture war christians which Mm-hmm. Um, was very much the 90s um, and today. But it was, I just kind of felt emboldened because like, oh, like I have this super secret information. Like I'm enlightened to know that like all that science stuff is wrong um, because I know what I know, which um, again, regardless of whether like what you believe, that's not, that's a very arrogant way to view things, <laughs> which as, a, as someone who has always struggled with self-righteousness, I'm not surprised 
because that I felt that way. Mm. But it was kind of more because I I have again vivid memory of me talking about this with a friend in college, and he thought I was an idiot, like told me so, and I just thought he was an idiot because he was not as smart as I was, you know. And so that's just, how we really solve problems by calling each other idiots, <laughs> right? Well, and that's why I think like I think what would be best for um, Christians is to present themselves or posture themselves in humility and saying like, look, like, I don't know. Like, this is like, I, I do, I know these things to be true, right? Jesus, that Jesus was sent here to die for my sins and for all of your, everyone else's sins that I know for a fact, I will again, like go to my grave believing in that everything else is, is up for interpretation. Um, and, and again, to your point, like we, we, I, 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 I go to bed at night peacefully knowing that I probably did it wrong, right? Like we're trying to do our best and we're not, we're, no one is going to get up to heaven and God's going to be like, oh my God, you figured it out. Well done. You're the only person, right? No, like we are all trying to figure it out the best Mm -hmm. that we can. But I think, and what I really appreciate about the biologos, um, or is it logos? I don't know. I never took Latin. We don't even know how to pronounce things. Right. We're terrible. Um, it has made me, fall more in love with God and the mysteriousness of God to learn to really study more of the scientific aspects and discoveries just of like how amazing and vast and omnip like the O's right omnipotent omniscient that God is um and I feel like it does make me sad that that um we don't embrace that as much as we could but I will say this um (laughs) I still get freaked out from like there are some science things that still freak me out, like the ocean. Well, the ocean will. I don't, don't really consider that science. I just consider that it's science. It's freaky ocean. I mean, it's just free that like one, it's so big. Uh, two, like we've only like uh, what's the word I'm looking for? We have explored. not explored like eighty percent of the ocean, which is terrifying to me. I'm getting freaked out just thinking about it. So we'll move on. No aliens. On. aliens. Aliens freak me out. Aliens. Right. Um, now, I don't think that aliens exist, but I also didn't think I that the world <laughs> I also didn't think that the Earth was 4.65 billion years ago until like 10 years ago. And so I didn't now think I'm like, it was fudge. Until last week. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a whole flat Earth is a whole nother combo. Um, but then I, so whenever I get to these questions, I always have to ask myself, like, hey, like, if I truly believe that God and Jesus are true, if aliens did exist, then they would also have to be part of God's creation. And and one that should not scare me, but then that's also like, well, then how the heck would they fit into that story? Or maybe they wouldn't. Maybe they have their own story of their redemption. Their own Bible. Right, who knows? It gets very confusing when you start thinking, I'm very glad I'm not like a theoretical physicist or whatever because my poor brain could not handle yeah (laughs) who wants to think about all those unknown questions it sounds stressful those are some some great questions i think that i think you summed it up well with your comment uh, that we go to bed at night happy fat and happy (laughs) Because we know that Jesus is in control. Right. We know that we're wrong. 
Right. We know we're sinful, and it is only by the blood of Jesus Christ that we have any shot at redemption. Right. It's not by anything we're doing. Not by anything we're doing. Not by science that we're discovering. Science that's already been created. So what are we discovering? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, I think that's a, that's a great point. All of this stuff already existed. So it's literally just us trying to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> that's all it yeah. is. That's all science is. It's just... It's just our best guess. Yeah. But let's let's change the topic. Oh, okay. We... We had some new reviews, right? Oh my gosh, we did. Let's Let let's talk see. about these reviews. Had, okay, and by new reviews, we had one. one. <laughs> uh, I have so many text messages. Okay, that's not normal. That's not the review. Okay, are you ready for this? Yeah, let's hear it. Okay, the Who na- is it? The name, well, I know, we're, we again, we never We'd say people's never, we names never on tell air for the, personal, the private safety. But we will give your screen name. But we will completely rip it, rip it to shreds. <laughs> Just kidding. What's that screen the name? The screen Who name is, is um, Forged13. Forged13. Or Forged. I'm pretty sure it's Forged, huh. though. Right. And it, The it, question is, do they watch a lot of Forged in Fire? Unclear. Or... Did they forge some signatures or they like, <laughs> were they trying to get something related to Fortnite? Maybe it's some religious connotations. I don't know. Oh. But it, the title is has to be good. Five stars. Yes. And this is it. Thank you for the five stars. <laughs> Disclaimers. One, I know the Batiers, not extremely well, but well enough to know that this will be worth your time. So right there, how sweet. Thank you. I love that Thank we. You. I love that we give the aura of that just we're like fun to good listen to. <laughs> I've always thought we were a hoot, but it's fun to hear that people also think that we we're hoots. Yes, we used to get invited there to was... weddings just to like open the dance floor because we yeah. were so fun. If anybody wants to see us dance, invite us to your wedding. Oh my gosh! Or ask me to send you a video, and we it's will. We'll dance. I'll be sore for four days. <laughs> I might end up with like Joe whiplash. Is a hot mess. But we'll do it for you. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. Okay, so that was number one. Two. <laughs> Two. I have not listened to a single episode yet. When my wife told me that Joe and Allie have a podcast, my first comment was that it had to be good. <laughs> I look forward to adding this to my podcast rotation and hope that others find this too. You could be thinking, what if you're wrong and it isn't good? You haven't even listened yet. Well, that's possible. And if so, I will come back and edit my review. But I doubt that will be necessary. Let me tell you this. I am legitimately terrified that he's going to come back and re- like edit it and be like, this is absolute trash. Me too. <laughs> I'm just going to, because I don't know if this is a he or a she, I'm going to call it, I'm going to call this reviewer a she because I don't know. But yeah, I'm worried that she is going to come back and be like, you know what? These two are actually ridiculous. Right, this They're is not the, funny. It's so boring. They're boring. Right. Who cares about La Brea? Right. It's already canceled. <laughs> and then drop us down to that one star. That's what I'm really terrified about. Right. Now the pressure's on. Like before, like, like we, the, the, you know, just throw a good five star review, just be friends. But like they've yeah. like, they've like almost they've made said, a promise. They've said, we don't listen. But when we're, we, we do, are, and we're going to be honest, brutally honest about yeah. what, our feedback. <laughs> now, now here is the thing. Yes, and I think this is something we don't we don't talk about much because there's been some problems. What? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what you're going to say. 
so we used to have somebody who, who I mean, he was. Kind Am of I going to have to cut this out? There was what a guy who about? was kind of a groupie. He would go around. Oh yeah. And he would find us at parties and would just be laughing the whole time. Right. He was nice because because we were just we so were just funny. So funny. Yeah. Then we stopped getting invited to things. Then we all kind of fell out of touch and. I'm concerned we don't have it anymore. I'm concerned We've we're not funny. lost our mojo? I don't know. Because now all we do is podcast. And are are we actually funny? Well, hear me say this. I think it's entirely possible to be funny in real life and not on a podcast or vice versa. So I don't feel like, you know, I feel like the theme of this episode has been data or datum, depending on the context. It's been a lot. And so, right. Um, And so I don't feel like a podcast could be a full representation of the depth of humor that we possess. So I think if I am hearing you, what you're saying, what I'm hearing you say is that we need to carry around a recording device and just (laughs) Just literally record everything. Oh my gosh. We just have to record it all. And just put it right up. How long have we been talking? We've been talking for an hour and 12 minutes. Holy fudge. Did okay, you have I'm... more stuff to talk no, about? No, that was it. But I was going to make a comment, but I feel like that could go You can make a comment. How just... long is it? <laughs> it shouldn't be long. This could just be Allie's hot take and then we end it. Because you may not have anything to say. It is one of my uh, pet peeves when I hear, and I say this is going to sound uh, mean, um, single women complain All the single ladies. right single women complain about like guys that they have gone on dates with and just say but he wasn't funny Ugh. and i hear me say this Ugh. i know it's a lot more complicated that i know Ugh. um that they're the modern dating world is very complicated and difficult um but i I feel like if I surveyed all of my girlfriends, married or not, like none of them are no, married like to funny people. No, like the number one, no. <laughs> <laughs> like the number one trait that they are all looking for is like funny. Like I want him to be funny, and I'm like, one humor is so subjective, right? So like, what define funny? Also, but also, are you funny? Because like, are you just Probably wanting him not. to be like a stand up comedian, and you just like sit there and clap like? It is just, and like, I don't know, like, do you, I don't know. I just, it always bothers me that that is like a strike against a guy if he's not funny. I'm like, well, what if he's nervous? What if y'all need inside jokes that take months to develop? Like, here's my hot take on that. Your hot take on my hot take. Yeah. Okay. I, well, it's really a question or a hypothesis. What if we have equated being funny to compatibility now here oh like last so like, like laughing what, at somebody yes with somebody? and what i'm saying is that somehow we have either evolved in air quotes if you want to call it that or if you <laughs> or if you Blasphemer. like we have been we have been conditioned to or like somehow our our makeup genetic makeup says that if we we find compatibility with somebody by how much we can laugh and have fun together. And maybe Right, but that's not fun. Like that's what I agree with you. And I think I think it is important to be able to have these jovial 
moments with your spouse or significant other. I think that that helps life, like it helps you through life and it helps you um, persevere through the tough times. But I think there's a difference between those jovial moments and thinking somebody is just naturally funny. Does that make sense? Like, yes, but I think there's a, there's still a level of, there has to be a level of self-awareness and a level of situational awareness so that somebody can make fun of or be funny in any situation. Right, but I, I feel like that is not a good reason to disqualify someone as your life partner is that they don't have the situational awareness to be a comedian at a party. Like I just like that to me is not a, like when I was looking for a husband and found you, I wasn't thinking to myself, God, I hope he's going to be able to make me laugh. Like when I'm giving birth to distract me <laughs> like that, just like, I don't know. Like that's just like not like a life that skill. Been dangerous. And hear me say this. I think you're hilarious and I love that you make me laugh, but I don't know. I've met people who also make me laugh, but they're, I wouldn't necessarily say that they're How funny. I don't know. I, it's really hard <laughs> for me to explain. I just, I think that some people are just very gregarious and like class clown-esque. Yes. Yeah, that are funny. Comedy. And so it's very like obvious at the get-go that that person is, looking is for funny. Laughs. But I also think someone can still be funny and not be like a showboat about it. But if they are, if they're more of a... called the dry sense of humor. If they're just more of an introverted funny, it's going to take some time to get to to know that. Like that's not a quality that is easy to see. Because they're an introvert. Right. So they don't talk to you. And it takes... But they're funny. I don't know. I just like, (laughs) it just makes me think like dance monkey, dance for me. Like like, be funny. I'm like, well, Well, what does that mean? And that's, that's what I'm saying is that it's not a... It's not that somebody is always on and always funny. It is. Are you it, speaking for the single women of America right now? I'm speak. I guess. <laughs> I guess I'm speaking. <laughs> How did we talk about this? <laughs> I don't know, but I I think it. It's not that. They can tell you a joke and you laugh. It is, their ability. And maybe this is what it is. Like when somebody says, oh, I want I want somebody to be funny or make me laugh. Really what they're saying is they want somebody who they can feel comfortable with. Because there's only one thing uglier than laughing, and that is ugly crying. crying. <laughs> like laughing mm. pretty much. Like if you're actually laughing, right. you you're, snort, you you're spit, ugly. Right. You're and... <laughs> And that is not something that that you want to do around people that you're not comfortable with. Right. Okay. So maybe what they're saying is really that they want somebody they feel comfortable with. Interesting. That's a really good take. I never thought about it that way. But not everybody's funny. That's true. So And in those somebody, cases, don't worry. Just flip on a comedy show or something like the, you can you can get through life yeah. without a funny partner. Yeah. Sometimes the serious partners are helpful. Yeah. But I am I am I do I do seriously wonder if it is a compatibility thing. Like right. 
Like if you've got just somebody like feeding off each other, not necessarily. Yeah, like if you've got somebody who's like a slapstick comedian, and that's not your, you don't find that funny, right? Like you're going to have compatibility issues, right? In but general. if you like are attracted to sarcasm because you are snarky yourself, that would make sense. Yeah, or if somebody's like a really dry delivery sense of humor kind mm-hmm. of person, and and for some reason, like you like to be confused, <laughs> like perfect. <laughs> that, it's a match made in heaven. <laughs> I just, I just really want a partner who who leaves me confused. <laughs> I just always want to be questioning my sanity when I'm talking to him. <laughs> Oh now another hot take <laughs> Wait, before oh my god this is another hot take before we end it podcast. if you've made it this far you've congratulations. Done, congratulations you've done great oh I, I will say if you write us a review we will read it on the air we will read it right. on the air i highly 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 suggest listening to all of your podcasts at double speed <laughs> if you can't listen to all your podcasts at double speed you're doing it wrong you need to get better <laughs> <laughs> Um, why Why are you suggesting that? Because this has been an hour and a half oh, talking. Oh, because it will cut it down to That'll cut 45. it in half. Yeah, right. It'll cut it to 45. Right. Our normal hour-long podcast will get cut down to 30 minutes. Right. That's That's a normal commute. Right. And then if you have a list of podcasts that you already listened to, just imagine how many more you can add. Right. Because now you've got double the time. Right. But with that, I think we're going to have to end it. It is time. We've been going long. So, Allie, thank you for joining me. (laughs) And, Batir, we're going to go. Bye-bye. (laughs) Bye-bye.